Howdy folks, it is Monday, January 16th, 2012. It's Martin Luther King Day. I'm Skip Ruddertail, your otter editor. With me as always is... Toons is the uh, in-school cat today, actually, oh. if, uh, for where I'm from. That just as, as an anecdote, where I'm from, uh, they decided they just have to give everybody the day off mm-hmm. for the first day of buck season, because otherwise, I mean, who's going to show up to school anyway? Uh-huh. So, I mean, they have to make up from it for one of the days we wouldn't be in school, so, I mean... I thought deer season was, I'm like, in junior. the fall or something. Well, yeah, but, I mean, it's in school, so at some point in the year, they need to bring in a day that we would have been out otherwise. You know, uh-huh. they won't, that's the only holidays they would compromise was MLK Jr. Yeah. I know uh, when I went to Kenyon, you know, which was out in, in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, and out in the country and, you know, off the hill, it's farms and woods and stuff. And mm-hmm. basically they told us during the, what is it, week? I think it was a week. Maybe it was two weeks of deer season every fall. They basically said, don't go walking off campus uh, <laughs> because you could get shot, you know, by somebody. And they're always that. Every it's year dangerous. there's always people that, you know, people are so, like, geared up to... You know, see a deer and get it. I think it's very easy for your oh, mind yeah, no, no, to get no. it's tricked. It's very common where I'm from, too. It's just like, okay, who got shot this year? Like, we had a year this year when nobody got shot in the woods. <gasps> hey! Hooray! Hey, the woods were safe. Cool. I think we should, you know, celebrate buck season in a furry way. So that means, you know... <laughs> What if you could I'm only... going to go try to bang a deer. What if you could only jerk it to animals, but, like, in certain parts of the year? No. Wow. You know, between um January. I was meaning like I, I meant January I, and March. You could you could start. You could be into the otters, and then after like now the that, otters. Now came that out you of fashion, said that. Was... Now that you said that, I want to make it clear that I'm going to try a bang a furry deer, not an actual <laughs> deer. You want to talk about that whitest kid sketch? <laughs> That's why that's on your mind. We were talking about that earlier. No, no, no. Like a furry deer. So yeah, it's buck season. All right. Buck season. That sounds good. But all right. And it's like the old joke about uh, you know, why they call. Bambi's mom, 99 cents. What? In what? the forest. Because she's always under a buck. Ah. But I'm pumped. <laughs> this is also the first episode in which we will be entirely distracted by a football game the entire time. Yes. If you hear me randomly cheering, it's because the football game is much more exciting than what's going on. Hey! It's, it's, the, it's the playoffs. I'm Come resentful. It's I'm the resentful. playoffs. But also, it's the playoffs. Are you, are you rooting Saints. for the Saints or the Niners? Not for the Niners. Because the Saints won more recently. Okay, that's fair enough. You know, I like both teams. That's my thing, but they're not, like, any of my favorite teams. So I, I can go either way on this one. Football. Football. I, just like, I like being aggressively gay about football to my straight uh-huh. friends because it seems like this weird area where we can actually connect. Because when I yeah. tell them, I like football because it's a bunch of sexy dudes smashing into each other, they always almost invariably go... Oh, yeah, that does make sense. You would like that. That's cool. Um, cool, yeah. I love, this, I love this straight... This is the voice he does every time he does, like, a straight person talking. <laughs> that's my... Sort that's, of, like, from, like... That's my reasonable straight person. They're, they're reasonable straight person. Maybe from Brooklyn, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I... You know, I know... I mean, I remember in uh, marching band in high school, uh, you know, we'd line up. To do the halftime show, you 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 usually kind of most of our shows ended up we'd march in from the back 
Um, so we'd usually be on the visitor side and kind of lining up there waiting to go on. You know, so we'd see all the visitors' teams, and we'd sit there, I was a clarinetist, and yeah, I know. Right, 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 right. Uh, but we'd sit there, you know, the clarinetist, and we'd go, oh, 38's nice. You know, look, <laughs> looking at butts. You right, know, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I like seven, you know, I don't know about seven. So, yeah. It's fun to be gay about sports, that's a fact. It is, it is, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but I would have here. to start this off like a very gay like, celebration, because right. it's a, it's a, it's a story. straight story. I know that's, it's a challenge for you, but I appreciate it. I, I know you're a trooper. Yeah, well, I, I try. Uh, so, yeah, the, this week's story is car repair. It's chapter actually one. car repair chapter one, yes. And there is no Our first those of you form. looking, chapter two is not out yet. So this is a story as really far isn't? as it stands. It is not. Well I can only wonder what chapter two involves. Alright. Well this is this is a story as far as it stands, chapter one. Um it's kind of interesting too, because basically I, I said to, you know, Cinnamon, uh, you know, do you have a story you want to put up? And he said, Let's do you know, this one that I just put up on SoFurry, which turned out to be very popular um, there. And, we, you know, I kind of said, you know, why why this one? Um, and this kind of brings a discussion. I think, what is what does Kam Hirosaki call them? A marquee character or a nameplate character? There's some authors that have a character that is very tied to their work. When they maker. think yeah, of this character... You know, that's what they think of. And, and right. so um, K.M. Hirosaki, for a time, had, this was when he was first writing, you know, or first getting known anyway, had a, had a Lin Sing in this Mayor Kintic series who was sort of maybe supernatural. And right. that was kind of his, you know, he did several stories involving this character. Um, I don't know, can you think of any others that come to mind? I mean, I wouldn't say mm. Harry Potter because that's, you know, that's like a whole series. We get the concept, and I, I do see it happening with a lot of, of, of writers and like these, but I, it's tend not, it tends not to be writers I read. I think you see it more in artists you. in the community, probably. Yeah, it's very evident in artists. I mean, that's true, too, but I mean, I mean look you at, see it you know, artists, for it going too. way back, look at Terry Smith and Chester. I mean, you're you're a writer, and you write a lot of short stories, and, and which yeah. are kind of vignettes. Is that something that ever... Um, you've ever thought about doing like a uh, like no, a marquee no, no, character? No, no, no. Or why mean, do you think authors no. do this? Uh, well, one because it's clearly a, a marketing gimmick, and it's a good way to get a certain amount of loyalty from a, a from a fan base mm-hmm. if they ha- uh, clearly resonate with a character, and a character can you know gather an audience. I mean, it only seems reasonable to to to, to bring them back. Uh, but I don't know, like, at, I represent kind of a narrow goal in writing, mm-hmm. I kind of, and I feel like most times after I've written a story, I'm kind of bored with the characters. You're ready to move on. Yeah, and then there are characters that I've, I've written multiple times, but that's because they're, they're people who are commissioning the stories. Well, and I guess maybe you could say the most famous marquee character is Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, you know, I mean, which is so synonymous with Conan Doyle. Yeah, uh, you know, which and and there playing on that Bond? Conan Doyle got yes. There you go. There's another good example. But Conan Doyle, you know, famously but you're got so-, so sick of him that he tried to kill Holmes off by throwing him over Reichenbach Falls. Wow. Uh, you know, and had to bring him back due to popular demand. <laughs> so there, you know, there is the the life and death of maybe the most famous marquee character of all. Uh, and you think Cinnamon wants to make a marquee character? Well, no. He has one. 
to oh. an extent, I think. What's that? Um, is is Ethan character, who is not in this story, but in several other stories, Cinnamon has done, um, which are also tend to be. Uh, not always, but tend to be straight or at least mostly straight stories. And Ethan's kind of a Ethan's kind of an asshole and a thug. Oh. And this was something when Cinnam and I were talking about what story do you want to do? You know, one of the reasons he wanted to do this story is because it doesn't feature Ethan. And he had been he told me one of the interesting things he'd been writing Ethan so much lately that it was a little hard. You know, he kept having to kind of back off, um, what is it, Pearson? Pearson? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the guy in the story. Or, you know, kind of, or Chad. Chad Pier- Chad, Chad or Pearson, as you like Chad it. Chad Jameson or something. Yes, Chad Jameson, which is a great porn name. Is it? It's such a stereotypical porn name, which I, that's why I approved. Uh, but, you know, he kind of had to back off his aggressiveness um, a little bit because Cinnamon said, I've been writing this other character so much in maybe similar situations that I kept saying, wait, this is what Ethan would do, not what Pearson would do. Uh, so I thought it, it was interesting, you know, thinking about this idea of marquee characters, and then that's maybe one of the pitfalls of it, as you get so in the mode of thinking like this it's character, developing that one it's hard voice. to separate, right, it's hard to separate you know, how you write from this character right. at a certain point. But even then, I'm still kind of penned in anyway, because I feel like the only voice I ever ex- I express in my stories is my own. Just like, mm-hmm. I kind of force it oh, through yeah, different characters, which is, I don't Absolutely. know, one thing I want to I want to work on. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. The marquee character things, like, seems Well, I like, think that's, I mean, that's, in anthropology, that's one of the things we realize with the postmodern critique, is that you're never going to separate what you produce from yourself. No, I don't even mean it like that. I just mean like I just mean like I feel as if I only have one tone of writing, mm. and I, especially when I'm writing in the first person, mm. and I feel as if it's kind of what I almost comes up to across is my natural speaking style. Uh-huh. Well, which you have is a, extremely you have a like very I mean, verbose response, the yeah, playfulness. Because people, yeah, people like always say in my stories that that's um like I, I like throw so many images and stuff into mm-hmm. it, but I feel like this is how I actually talk. Well, you you're playing I. We'll get to talk. I don't want to say too much because we have a we have a little surprise for our listeners coming up. Um, What's it's not like a well, I won't surprise. Say, well, it's not cool. a surprise. So I'll just say it. But uh, you know, we'll have a new story next week. So next week um, we will have a new story up, of course. Well, more and that's week, normal. We're have in a guest. two we're weeks, have a guest host next week. Right in two weeks, Bun and I will be in Colorado visiting my family, doing some skiing. So, you know, I won't be here in two weeks to record, but I'm going to bring my microphone with me, and Soren and I, who, who's read for us and, and had a story in here, Soren and I are going to host the podcast. We're becoming a regular fraternity. We are becoming a regular fraternity. Which is hot. Yeah, we've been drinking our fiber. Um, <laughs> let me, let me just sneak the seared off ice on you. Hold on. Right, right. Oh, no! <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I will confess that speaking of bros, ice and bros, Bun does actually like Smirnoff ice. It's so if you if did like that it. to him, he'd be like, thanks. And, and where's the fun? I wouldn't be like, drink, bro. He's like, have your shitty beer is what I'd do. Like, there you, here, go. you can have this. That's what I'd say. He, he says this. what he tells me if he needs to, like me to pick up that or like uh, hard limit. He's like, yeah, pick up, bring, pick up some girly drinks for me. Some girly drinks. Girly <laughs> drinks, yeah. Um, so, but the story we'll be discussing since 
you won't be there. We'll be recording Kara. We thought it'd be fun to read one of your stories. And then Sorna, <laughs> let's go. Because that's the only way we could do it. You know, Toonsis obviously writes a lot of great stuff, and we never get to mm. talk directly about it because you'd be talking about yourself, and it's not the same. It's not as... It'd be... Ex- what is that what I usually do, though? I mean... It's more like... Then it's like inside the actor's studio. Oh, and I don't want to do that, yeah, right? No. So we want to... You know, so this is the way we get to <laughs> well, talk I think, I about. Think one I think of it's your fair stories. to give you guys it's just a shot to like take shots at me, and I'd like to hear the criticism mm-hmm. more than anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, being self reflective and all that'd be nice. Yeah, and so. I, I think it's fair just to give you and like everyone else like a, a chance to you know take shots because I've taken more than a few at the people who've written. For you us. have, you have. So, I try to be we nice took about some good ones at Soren, so this is yeah, oh, did, did I? oh wait, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's this right. Could <laughs> be right. no. He actually wrote in, and yeah, we were talking on IM. He didn't write in. Typed. Um, and said that it was actually the critique we gave was really useful, and he was nodding along and making notes. So we did a good job, apparently. There, right, that's yeah, good. Okay, so it's cool. good. So, I but mean... yeah, this could be a little revenge. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. So I won't say any more about your writing style because I want to save up some good stuff right. for a couple weeks. But, uh, um, so yeah, let's let's kind of get in to the story, which kind of continues this little thread we've explored this month in sort of uh, heightened or, or over-the-top masculinity. Mm-hmm. And we've done the gay story with these very over-the-top masculine yeah, guys. Yeah, the, um, so here's a straight guys, story. And I think that's maybe an interesting conversation point to start with, um, is how masculinity is read in a gay or straight context. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, one of the comments you made to me earlier when we were kind of, you know, on the car ride up here and, you know, shooting the shit um, was, you know, oh, I don't know. Is this, you know, is this sexist or what's going on in this story? Um, Mm -hmm. And and that's a really, I mean, that's a really good question. And maybe you want to say, without putting you on the spot or saying that's what you actually feel, but how do you think this might be or why might this be read as sexist in your mind? But can I ask you a question? Sure. Are you on BC? <laughs> oh, see? That was, uh, that was great. <laughs> birth control. We yeah, can get into I mean, that. I mean, yeah, birth control is great. Everyone should use birth control. But it's clearly, like, to a man's credit if a lady is on birth control. So, hey, I don't have to wear a condom now. Yeah, oh, well, no. I mean, yeah okay. Clearly this, is, clearly this is a world, too, where is, we're not... Like many furry worlds, and honestly, this is what most people are writing in, that, and most of your stories, where people aren't worried about STDs. So let's leave that discussion aside yeah, for yeah, a I'm moment. Not, I'm not talking about that. But what I'm talking about is the fact that more or less he, they, like, it's the impregnation thing. Mm-hmm. The impregnation fetish that always uh-huh. just concerns me. Because I think, like, straight people are allowed to get away with having those fucked up, like, fetishes and it's just, like, culturally yeah. accepted. Like, the impregnation thing is... And, and I, I think maybe I've said this on the podcast before. If I haven't, I will now. I kind of dig the impregnation. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit of a fan of that fetish myself. And I yeah. know... And I understand, you know, why you're freaked out by it. Bun is, too. And his response is like, you know, he immediately goes to what are the actual real world consequences of this person getting pregnant? Yeah, that's what I think, too. And that's always an interesting thing to me when you're when one is reading porn is like, where is the line? Because I think we all have that line. Like, where is the line? I want to qualify this. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's like bad for someone to find that. Hot, because I don't okay. think like thank I mean, like, you. I'm validated. I mean, that's and that's the, I just want to say like I just also feel like 
certain things are going to just naturally rub against other people. I mean, like, uh, certain things I find hot, I wouldn't mm-hmm. even expect other people not to, like, mm-hmm. feel and just immediately, like, kind of cringe at. Because, I mean, you know, it's, 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 these things are kind of um, uh, a squicky, as they mm-hmm. say. Like, like heavy bondage or something like that. I mean, I'm sure some people might look at heavy bondage and just immediately have a, a, a deep claustrophobia or, or, or fear of... Uh, a, a kidnapping or something. I don't know. Just whatever. Just mm-hmm. completely bristle against them. And you know what? I'm not going to like go, well, ho, 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 maybe you should just, you know, relax about it. I don't know. You know that's just how I feel about it. But I, 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 the, the, I just want to, I just think that, yeah, like the real world consequences, people don't think about the real consequences and they don't think about them in the real fucking world as demonstrated by the, uh, total, like totally unacceptable amount of out of wedlock children well, in, our, I, in our society. I, I don't, I mean, the, here's my responses. You know, it's a porn story, and and one of the roles I think of porn stories is to, you know, think about things in an impractical sense. In an impractical much of the time, sense. yeah. Right. You know, I mean, this is like you, you know, wrote a story the other day about like, oh, you know, it's all like, you know, guys. No, in the but sauna, to compare it, then instance. it would be like it'd be like to me if if, if um maybe I were to write a story about like a bug chasing story. And that would really kind of disconcert me. That would. No, I think we all have our lines as to, you know, what at what point is this too serious for us? And to me, the to impregnation part is about. the line within the cuckolding kink, which I kind of mm-hmm. dig. I dig mm-hmm. the cuckolding thing. And the mm-hmm. impregnation is where that line yeah, is Yeah, and for see, me. for me it isn't. For me it'd be further. But even for then, me, no, 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 no. If, even... if we're reading, you know, a cuckolding story, where I can't, where I find it hard is if it is so relentlessly cruel at a certain point but I also which wanna, is a fuzzier line but there's the impregnation kink there are plenty of impregnation stories where people are within a committed and like immediate relationship yeah. I still find that creepy yeah. <laughs> I just find the whole concept creepy <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I wanted to qualify that's what I wanted to qualify it's not the whole like more right. moral issues of like uh, getting somebody mm-hmm. getting another guy's uh, woman pregnant or somebody out of what it's like no it's the actual physical out- yeah. thing of like Making someone carry a child, which kind of creeps me out. That's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's and I think that's valid. But I think it, it's, it's kind of interesting to think about. I think we all have those points where it's like, you know, what what thing that they're doing? Is this too serious, you know, it, to be in a porn story? Mm-hmm. Um, I think which one of the ones... Me, we need to talk about w- W-R-A-P-E. Yeah, <laughs> we will, we'll get there. Because um, I, I was raped <laughs> recently. Uh, but you know, and I, I've certainly come across that in stories, or where they're going along, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is hot, and then something happens where it's like, this is too. All of a sudden, this topic or this idea is just, it's not hot anymore. It's too serious. It's too much. It's too extreme. Yeah. It, what they're it doing, or back. like when you know somebody's having a crazy affair, and then they get caught, and their life blows up. Like I'm like, yeah. okay, I don't need to see. Like I don't need to hear about their divorce or the cops or whatever. Like that's not hot anymore. Like we've gone and, and you'll read stories like that. So I think, but I think it is probably for some people. You know, it is maybe the part of the appeal is you know the getting caught and the repercussions. So I think we all have our kind of where is that line? So it's right. interesting to think about. Um, but so I mean, on the sexist thing, though. Well, I feel like I would be more open to criticism from the more uh, sexually liberated feminists who would argue that well, there's no reason 
a woman can't, you know, desire mm-hmm. a big dick or something like that. Which mm-hmm. would be my my uh, next criticism. Well, the only thing this lady, this the lady in the story wants yeah. is dick in her in, in her motorcycle fest. Right, and which I could argue in a third wave feminist sort of way is kind of liberating. And, you know, and this is an argument that you see back and forth. Yeah, but I, you know, yeah, about doesn't porn in general from feminists. But is this kind of just naked? Like, here's exactly what she wants. And, you know, she's not in it, you know, for any other reason. But doesn't he also him. just kind of, like, manipulate her, too? Because she comes into the into the, into the the uh, bathroom, and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, I didn't know he wanted, like, me to whip it out. I thought he was going to, like, just, like, show me. And, yeah. It's like, yeah, that actually does seem like kind of manipulative. That's and kind I, of fun. But therefore, that's, that's one of these. Now, but see, I can you writing a story like that where a big guy is, like, telling the little guy to pull it out. And you'd think, oh, that's hot. Yeah, and, but it wouldn't so be sexist because it it's not. It's because not like inter. Right. It's not it's, intergender. It's interesting. I mean, it's one of the things to think about. Is is you know is if you took two guys in the same story, you know, right? It, it but what if you took a lady anymore. doing it to the dude? What if you took right. the lady like tra- taking a shy guy into the and bathroom and telling her like, well, I, and, like I thought you were gonna, yeah. I thought you were gonna take my pants. And it's different like because you know you can never separate things, these things totally from the overall, you know, in this case, gender power dynamics of the culture we live in. Right. And so even you, you are always reading the story in the context. Of our cultural milieu, you know, you're always right. reading the story in the context of that. So, you know, a little. I don't think it's. I don't find it particularly sexist. Um, I can see how that reading would be. The only thing that maybe I find could be is right that little bit right at the end, where Ernest, you know, is like, "Get in here," you know, and and chapter two to come, which I kind of feel like, you know, she's going to get in trouble. For fucking this guy, but but he isn't. Chad isn't going to get in trouble, right. and that's sexist. That's definitely. definitely sexist. That's definitely sexist. So that's the only. That was the thing that actually struck me as most potentially sexist in the story. Because otherwise, I kind of felt you know they're they're both they're both playing off kind of tropes and roles, and so there is that. But overall, it's you know it's a negotiation. They're both doing something they want to do. Um, and so it didn't. Right. It it wasn't enough to ever make me uncomfortable. Anyway, let's put it that yeah, way. That's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I'm wicked gay. Yeah. You know, I'm from Boston now. For the people See listening me. on the show, I'm kind of like nodding my head to the side and shrugging my shoulders. What are you gonna do about it? Those of you paying for the television feed, the <laughs> explanation. It's only seven ninety five for the first minute and ninety five cents afterwards. But we are totally naked. What? No, don't tell them that. <laughs> People will believe that stuff. I know. I know. Uh. They're gullible. It's a gullible audience. I love that little segment, not just to decide, I love that little sank- section on candlestick part, you know, left over from the baseball days, where it's like the little, like... Yeah, like a little notch. The little like notch. Like a snaggle tooth. Yeah, it looks like they might actually have people sitting in there today, and they don't normally. Uh, but, you know, it's a playoff game. Anyway. <laughs> um... One of the things I, you know, one of the things I liked about this story, I, I read most of Cinnamon's stories, and I don't always enjoy them. I always enjoy reading them, but I don't always enjoy the story because sometimes it's it's a little uncomfortable for me. Right, because because the characters are are yeah, and so, like some of the Ethan stories because Ethan is such an asshole. 
right. a lot of the time. And that's it just a line you really don't like Kevin Cross. Like, and it's just someone being an asshole. It's hot. Well, it's so he's so an asshole sometimes. You know what I would say though? Yeah. Fuck up, bitch. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe just my like. No, I, I always read them. I was raised in a family where anger was, you know. Mm-hmm. Proudly expressed, mm-hmm. let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe if you think someone's just being an asshole, mm-hmm. it I don't know. That's what rubs you wrong. Well, here's he's like that he's an asshole. I mean, yeah. like, I, like is it the fact that like he's impregnating ladies or something? I mean, like this the, the like the natural well, thing of like impregnation pisses me off. Like, yeah, it creeps me out. But like someone like being an asshole and doing these things isn't well, like, any worse. Thing. Here's the thing. Okay, so Pearson and Ethan both have big dongs. Right. Right. Ethan constantly humiliates and belittles his partners, whether they're guys or girls. Like, constantly just takes them down, you know, and then fucks them or whatever. Right. And Pearson doesn't do that. You know, he's not belittle, you know, and I think it's more, you know, and it's an interesting thing, whereas Ethan is, you know, in the books, in his stories, is kind of presented as very macho and confident, and I don't think he's very confident at all because he is constantly belittling people. Whereas Pearson, it's like, the dude has a big dong, he knows it, he doesn't need to say anything but I thought, I or do any work. I thought the guys that were into the humiliation liked the whole, like, the fact that someone's so big about it. I think people might. I thought might. that was supposed to be the draw. Because I know, but like, it, it's it's... That's I how think, he told me. To, that's what he told me to write the guy. That, no, um, I th- I think you're right. But I the thing is, I'm thinking about the actual character himself, you know, and like n- knowing him in real life or meeting him in real life, is that this is a guy who's so continuously, um, you know, ready to pounce and, on people and put them down that he's probably a really insecure guy. Whereas Pearson, Ethan? I feel is a much yeah. Whereas Pearson, I feel is a much more like you know he's pretty confident. And he doesn't need to worry about it or work at it. And he just, you know, kind of lets his body or whatever do the talking, and he's cool with that. And Sinan said that was a little challenge to kind of tone Pearson back and make sure he wasn't becoming Ethan. Right. Um, and that, you know, he was this more confident guy. Um, but yeah, the humiliation Because some people find the confidence hot, Sometimes too. the humiliation it, thing, right. it, that's one of the things I can't always handle. Like, sometimes it's hot... Um, I suppose part of it is, like, me personally as a top, I'm more of a, you know, I'm quiet, like, I know what I'm doing, you're going to find out kind of top rather than a belittling, humiliation humiliation, I think it's just a matter of tone, where, like, the the idea that you're actively degrading a person, Mm -hmm. that's hot. But, like, you know, the la- it's, it's, it's sensitive just in terms of the language mm-hmm. that people are going to respond to in right. a personal way. Just because, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just like, such a personal thing, but, yeah. like, I might call you, a, like, a bitch, and that's not going to, like, really, like, I don't know, it just bounces off you, just as right. far as... I might call someone else a bitch, and, like, it hits a nerve at the very center of their mm-hmm. body, and, you know... I guess, you so know, for on. me, some of the humiliation stuff... I'm not aroused. I'm angry at them. Angry like it, at it gets it gets really? me. Yeah, like the guy who's doing me. Like I get mad at him or her um, when it's a girl doing it. You know. Right. It, whereas I, it's not hot. It's like I want to you know go at him, throttle him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or or take them down, or teach them a lesson. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so that make me, you know, I don't know. That that's just that's sense, my reaction just a to of, it. That, that's just uh, having a bit of pride in you, basically. I suppose. 
And I would say a lot of the people that have humiliation fetishes, fetishes don't really have an excess of pride. It seems more like they're um, insecure themselves. I'm sure there's some, though, that are kind of the opposite. Like, they're really respected or whatever, and this is an outlet that they can kind of let their really? eh, you know, hair down and, and be humiliated because they're not normally. So it could be, uh, could be kind of interesting. Because a lot of porn is an outlet or, you know, extension of things we want to yeah. do, I think. And, and people, like different, people like different things for different reasons mm-hmm. and so on, whatever. So I I don't know I really I know the impregnation thing wasn't your thing but I'm really, I really I like this story because I think it was what did you like most the setting he did that really well actually I think the grungy the, bathroom thing but the whole the whole atmosphere I mean I can picture you can picture this that shop shitty yeah perfectly you know, I also I mean I can picture in... where she is I can picture the you know garage right. I can picture. The room where they're waiting in with the vending machine and the air conditioning and the linoleum. I mean, everything was very, very vivid for me. Right, but we're not saying it wasn't it wasn't badly written at all. He's a I good writer. We know that. Yeah. Uh, I just don't like bathrooms. <laughs> Why? Yeah. It's certainly not very, like, inventive. I don't know. I don't know. I did, that didn't work. You know, I think it was part of... Um, you know, for a lot of people going on kind of desires and, and maybe acting up things one can't do in real life, I think it's the, you know, fact that it is kind of this... So one, it comes off as natural. It comes off as realistic. Yeah. You know, this, and, but it's, it's something that, Not you know, most though. people would be like, oh, I'd never have sex in a bathroom. That's gross. But then here it's like, but there's something kind of hot about being so horny that you don't care. And I think that's what's going on here. You know, like, this is not a good place, really, to have sex, but they're both so, you know, and she, right. and you can only she specifically that is so into in it closets. that that doesn't matter. You right. know, that, that that overrides the um, inappropriateness of, ha- of a bathroom for sex. Right. And it, just having a whole, like, dirty, Which gross atmosphere is kind of masculine in and of itself, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. I've just never liked bathrooms. <laughs> I've always told people just don't write porn in bathrooms. I don't know. Yeah. No. Haven't I? I, I guess. <laughs> Where, but you do locker rooms and That is and true. That's not, and stuff. But they're not as gross. Locker rooms have bathrooms attached, usually. Yeah, but they're kind of separated by a brick uh-huh. wall that sort of has. I want to point out, I don't, I, want to, I don't want to express too much knowledge of locker rooms because I'm literally wearing a Sandusky camp football. He really is. Sandusky he bought football. this off eBay. He bought a Sandusky football camp. Well, I didn't get it off of eBay. I attended this, but it was oh, weird. They taught okay. us to wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So that, this explains, you're, you're feeling that stereotype. People are like, oh, so that's why you're gay, right? <laughs> I think that's the idea, yeah. It's more like, what it, the actual idea is, I want, I want to have like as many these... opportunities as possible to humiliate Penn State University, uh-huh. and this is just one way to do it. That's why Lee's, that's one of the things that always pisses me off, where people, like, this is, I think this is part of the X-Gay movement, which, so many problems there. But, you know, that they're like, oh, we have to look for the reason why you're gay. You know, because really? somebody did something. Yeah, that is, like, part of it is you go back. And oh, yeah, I like, hear that, too. I mean, like, what, you know, terrible abuse or lack of father or figure or, you know, whatever. What made you gay? And that's the root of your problem. I chose to be gay. You. Yeah. There you go. You looked yep. at the options. They're like, I can't stand impregnation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think, did I mention that a couple of weeks ago that I was reading a story 
And this girl was like, oh, I'm so impregnable right now. <laughs> Did she use that word? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. I'm so impregnable. That is, impregnable does not mean what you think it means, <laughs> Mr. Author. Uh, it's like she's a battleship or something, you know. Like, yes, I can withstand direct impacts to my What would, what would be my the actual womb, term? You know? <laughs> Uh, what would be like the actual term then? What would you say in that sentence? I'm so impregnable. Uh, <laughs> I am so. I'm so fertile right now. I suppose. No, but only like the term able to be. I mean, she didn't mean. She didn't mean. Right. She didn't mean. Yeah, that's what that's she's what, trying to say. She's I mean, like, trying to term, say. What single say word term exists for that? Fertile, I'd say. Yeah, but I mean that involves the word pregnant. Like, no, I don't think there. But is then you one. have to use like the suffixes and the prefixes and the last. I don't think there is. Like, oh god damn! Yeah. I don't want to find one now. Well, you could make one up. Because that would be... That would but be yes, tough. no, I mean, impregnable means, like, you can't get inside it, and that's not how the author clearly meant it from the context, which was, <laughs> have sex now and there'll be babies. <laughs> so there that's we so go. Nice. It, was, it was good. I always like, I always enjoy these little things when you're browsing stories and you're running into, wow. But you know, I, I always defend, a, I always defend straight up fuck-ups, because I think those are more interesting than anything. They are, yeah. And I like, um, I don't think perfection is... All that interesting at all in and of itself, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. per- perfection is actually rather mundane. If you have perfect grammar in your story, uh, that means that there's only like one way it could be written. Anyhow, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. I don't know. I, I interesting. I'm gonna have you to never thought about it that, that way, one. really? Because like I, that's what always annoyed me about the grammar lessons was the rigidity in the in the, in the sentence structure. Mm-hmm. And the idea that well, well, this is the, you, have, you have to use these things first. You have to use these specific uh, uh, words to connect to these uh, concepts. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Fuck it. I'll figure out for me for myself yeah. what I want to do. And I always like uh, just I like reading um, just comments on the internet because they're always so grammatically fucked up. Yeah. yeah. And, you know the way we talk anyhow is completely fucked. You just look yeah. at how people like if you ever just look at direct like uh, transcripts of people talking, they they change. Like tense in the, in, the, in the middle of they change tense and number in the middle uh, of their sentences. Yeah. Like they completely lose agreements. But that just how and we all understand what they're people. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've noticed one thing that I do. I feel like way too much when I'm going back and editing these, and I think it's Midwestern. Um, I say you know a lot. You know. You know. Yeah. I say that a lot, and I think that's a Midwestern thing. So anybody who's been pulling their hair out of all the, you know, uh, I I apologize right there. Uh, (laughs) I don't think there's anything I can probably do about it at this point. It's kind of how I talk conversationally. You know, it's just how we try to keep these shows. I mean, I'm not up here giving a lecture or anything. It's it's casual. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to be, thank you. See, now you're going to start doing it and then grinning at me. I always say y'all. Y'all. Y'all, that's, that's, a, my, that's the one I always. Y'all's good. Y'all's good. Y'all's not an affectation. Yins would be. I like, uh, somebody was, I've been watching Sherlock started their season two, and it's not on PBS yet, so I may have, you know, torrented it from England, <laughs> you know. Start over <laughs> now. Uh, it's like, as soon as it gets here, you know, it's, they've, they've learned this all started with Harry Potter, but if you remember, the first three Harry Potter books came out in England before they came out in the U.S. Really? Yeah. I remember ordering the third book from England uh, because it wasn't going to come out in the U.S. for six more months. 
Oh, so I wow. went on Amazon UK and ordered it, and apparently, like, over 100,000 people did the same thing. So much so that <laughs> Scholastic started freaking out about it. So starting with the fourth book, they were released on the same day, and were all the rest. Doctor Who, now, for instance, when a new episode airs, it airs, so the Christmas special aired same day in the UK, in the US. Um, they haven't, obviously haven't learned that with things like Downton Abbey and uh, Sherlock yet, but hopefully they're working on it. But it's one of these things where, yes, as we are in this connected world, like, if you're not releasing on the same, and it's English, it's not like they need to translate it or anything, release right. it on the same day, who cares? So, anyway, that's a little digression. Uh, nice little rant. Yeah. Stops you. open now. <laughs> um... We were going to talk about rape at some point. Oh, yes. You coined a phrase this afternoon, which I love. <laughs> and it's rape. But we'll say it's, it's W-R-A-P. And so what is That's rape? Uh, as, as a writer being either kind of forced or coerced into, into writing something, you're not really all that comfortable with yourself. I was raped by one of my, one of my good friends yeah. the other day. And they're writing a uh, cop rape, right? Because you you don't like police. Well, yeah, and it's not even but this like this person it's not even wanted the, it's not like a sexy thing. police it's, it's, story. It's also the thing where it kind of crosses that line. Where I like the thing where like I don't really like people always say like oh I like non consent, but they really mean like oh I like a guy who's aggressive and doesn't wait for me to say yes. Mm-hmm. But they really look. Like, that's kind of what I like too. I, I just mm-hmm. like a guy who's very aggressive and just kind of presumes you're into it because you're not fighting back. Uh, but this everybody guy, taking notes. <laughs> this guy, this guy wanted to fight back. And right. to me, like, fighting back is the line where it kind of uh, shows, like, oh, okay, okay, I get it mm-hmm. now, yeah, okay, cool, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so I, was, I had to write that, and I, uh, so I was raped. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but, so there you go, folks. But even then, doesn't that start, but even then, doesn't it start to question the line of, like, because there are lines where, like, you couldn't convince me to write these things either, yeah. so, like, it's actually more like a gray area, isn't it? It is. No, I think it's usually, for most folks, you know, they have the things that they will never draw or write or read mm-hmm. even um you know when we have those keywords we're like Ugh. Yeah. um and then there are those things that if they're written in a certain tone or presented in a way um they will read them yeah but won't so you know and, and i've read um you know like a sibling incest story by by a well-known writer and i was reading it and usually not something I read, but I was like, this is really well done. It's really respective. It doesn't seem like, oh yeah, they're fucking, you know, I mean, there was like stuff going on in there and, and a lot of right. thought. And I was like, this is really good. Um, so, and so that's a gray area, uh, for me in this case, you know, because it was done very well and not in a kind of crass way. So, so I think we all have that. So what do you call it from the reading sense? Like W R E A D. <laughs> you got red. You were reading. You yeah. got red. Red. You, you got, got red, red, dude. Oh no. <laughs> um, so, yeah. He read you, man. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I really enjoyed this story partially because I think it had the potential to be, you know, sexist and stuff, and I don't feel it was really as, as well as you know, it's at the because there. 
playing into these very kind of tropes and stereotypes about men and women and like he's big and she's small and all these things. Right. But they're doing it in a way. They mistake. Well, that's the other thing that creeped me out, by the way, was like she, they're, they're very aware. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I'm just, I, I don't, don't want to no. cut you off. I was going to like go on a rant. So I guess they're going. doing it in a way that both parties are very aware that they are playing out these sort of roles. Yeah. And I think that helps make make it okay. That, you know, that they're aware of the script they're following um, in this case. Yeah. And, and that, you know, I don't know, that that makes it okay. I think that makes it work um, in a way that wouldn't necessarily, they weren't both so clued in new. You know, yes, this is really stereotypical, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Which I think is kind of one of the fun things yeah, of porn. You know, before, it's a, it's a way of pre- playing with... You know, ideas like that, um, and having sex, or doing porn, or doing scenes, and sex, and this almost is. You know, I mean, I feel like this is towing the line. You know, and, and partially referential because he's a porn star. You know, this is oh, it's a kind of you know, it's a very porny setup, and, yeah. and so they're kind of playing this scene together. Um, yeah, what were you gonna? Uh, it just creeped me out that like the first. Like real description of her is that she's like a, mistaken for a uh, a pup scout, right? Her, right. Not yeah. that that was creepy. Yeah, and that's. That I mean, I, me just, I guess that's Kilby's like character. You know, in, in, in her is is this little Kendavi right. dog, which I don't even know if it's a real I've met, dog. Oh, I met her. She is she is small. Mm-hmm. I think about it. I mean, that's kind of I don't know. It's it's kind of yeah. I I could see. Why it'd be creepy, and the, but then there's a very and luckily we no, didn't I'm get. Out of, and the thing is, like, I empathize it to a weird degree because mm-hmm. I'm also mistaken small, for. Yeah. And even like when I, especially when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I was like eighteen or like I was, like nineteen, and actually getting carded by dudes I was interested yeah. in. Yeah. That was that. It's, I don't know. The whole concept creeps me out now. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand, and I like, but I think she handled it well and naturally. You know, it was sort of. You know, I'm like, no, I'm 23, and it wasn't. We didn't get the dreaded, oh, I'm 18. You know, I'm which 18, often yeah. it feels in a lot of these stories like she but used like, to be a kid, the, and then I changed it. You know, it, we don't get that feeling. In the story, her boyfriend likes the high school story, the high school scenes, and the high yeah. school scenes always creep me out. I'm sorry, they always do. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even all that sexually active in high school. I know. No, I think a lot of gay people weren't. You know, because a little bit, but I wasn't not much. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's true for a lot of. Gay guys and girls, honestly. I don't know if it's going to be as true, you know, nowadays or down the road. But, you know, yeah, it was because we, we had to figure out what we, what the hell we were doing. And then, B, we had to find somebody else to do it with. Which well, I actually kind of actively turned some people down. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I was just very uncomfortable well, with, with, we with were, the selection I mean, in the area, least, let's say. Yeah, you know, and I think when you're that age and figuring out who you are, you may not be very comfortable with everything either. You know, so you may be like, I'm gay, but we am doing something with somebody else. That's a whole nother step. Uh, I'm more like, I just didn't like the, the selection. Like, <laughs> There you go. You're and the selection is really meager in Amish country. It is. Can yeah. I say? Well, that's like the part of it, too, is, you know, where you're dealing with, if you're in dealing with, you know, people in your high school or whatever, you've got a more limited selection, <laughs> uh, no matter where your high school is. And so now I just sound like a picky eater. That's okay. Picky eater. You eat, devour men. <laughs> yes, bore, bore them all. Uh, I guess we it, still haven't done a bore story. We have when? not. 
I don't when? know, man. Just because we you don't like horror one. stories doesn't mean we shouldn't do a horror story. That's true. That's true. And that's usually a big line for me because I don't get it. It's not even like it's a line for me. It's like I'm not horrified by the concept anymore. It's just I don't get it. I that's that's it. You know, like the soft board, uh, quote unquote, where they get eaten whole. Like don't get it. Not arousing. Don't get it. The like hard vor where they got you know like Chomped torn up. up rah, rah, that's rah, just like don't get it. Also, that's don't get that's it. just gross. You know, Explain so. it to me. I can't. No, I'm asking the the, 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 the people audience. on the microphone. Okay, people who are in vor. Explain it. To we me, want to a me. we want to write in to hear why vor. Http colon. Uh, slash slash www.furaffinity.net slash user slash oh, no, we want That's the... me? No, I'm telling send me a note. Oh. Explain this shit to me. I'd rather, I'm curious. I'd rather have them explain on the book club website so we can, you know, all see it. I, I don't think most of the explanations we're going to get for this are public. So, like publicly well, suitable. No, that's okay. I mean, you could post under a pseudonym. <laughs> you can, like... Vorfox58, you know, or something. You can, but but you can go to baddogbookclub.com. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, so I'd like to see that. I'm not sure, and, and I guess to, to kind of wrap up the story, you said I'm not sure about Chapter 2, and I'm not sure I like Chapter 2 because of the way it starts off with this, you know, Edgar was a nice guy, and all of a sudden being like, yeah, I'm going to get you in trouble for having sex in my bathroom, you know, and, and that's what I fear is, so I don't know what will happen in Chapter 2. We'll have to see. Um, but yeah, I th- thank you for uh, writing it, Cinnamon, and Yep, thanks, dude. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate it. And it was really good, him reading the last story, so I think we might have to have him read again sometime. That was, he did a nice, he has a good uh, reading voice. Got to have yep. Sparf read another one for us, too, sometime. Poor mm-hmm. guy's suffering here. He actually he actually buzzed me the other day and said, you know, it's been a while. <laughs> what was this? Uh, I don't know, a week or two ago. Hmm. So, yeah, and we got to find another thing for Spark. But we do, um, we're, you know, kind of getting a little low in the slush pile, guys. So if you've got a story uh, either that you wrote or if there is a favorite story that you read recently that you'd like to, you know, send us a little note, we can ask the author about running it on the podcast. So yep. do, um, you know, send in a story either that you've written or do point us towards one that you enjoyed. And, um, focus and we'll on see about, uh, the, gay, the gay bears, the bears. Yeah. Lots of bear stories. I think there should be today. otter stories. Send the otter stories to Skip, send the bear stories to <laughs> yeah, Lots of otters. Yeah. Just as long as they're not being done by the bears. You know, they're <laughs> doing the bears, that's okay. they got to be top otters. None of these... The top otter? None of these you know, minks oh, in this, None of these minks in See, I like bottom otters, actually. I think otters are cuter as bottom, because they have the no. thick tails. Because they have the thick tails, you can like, grab, oh, grab uh-huh. and bend them over uh-huh. by the... the <laughs> Uh-oh. By the tail. Uh-oh. Okay. What? Uh, I'm well, not threatening you. No, I don't. I don't, no, I don't think I look I'm very threatening. Kidding. I'm just kidding. T-shirt aside. T-shirt aside. You're going to send me to Sandusky football camp. Let's hit the shower, Skip. Oh, God. Uh, all right, guys. <laughs> well, have a uh, good uh, holiday and people doing the volunteer work. Uh, thank you. And uh, we will... Well, I'll... See you briefly next week with a story by Toonsa's. Yep. And then Sparf and I will be back in two it's weeks. It's going to be, no, no, it's the, 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 the actual title of the story is Straight mm-hmm. Humiliation Pulp Pound Sign uh, Open Bracket Something, 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 Something. I forget. Yeah. 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 But it's Straight something, Humiliation something, Pulp. It's Straight Humiliation Pulp. I mean, right. like, come on. Isn't that. All right. Isn't that good? That's good. That's Yay. Good. 
Uh, so yeah, so we'll be back. Like, we're going to have a story by uh, Tunes. And then in two weeks, uh, we'll have we'll be broadcasting from Colorado, where Soren and I will discuss and tear apart said story by Tunes. Yay. Yay. Okay. Well, thank you guys. See you later. Ciao.